Uh, Gab, last week you were in sunny California to drive some of BMW's finest vehicles, namely the limousine uh, i7, which is uh, gorgeous from the outside and uh, electric. Um, what, what can you tell us about that? Well, actually, you know, this. Um, f first of all, it's the seventh generation of the 7 Series. That's a very is, lucky car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, BMW's flagship. You know, the 7 Series has been around since 1977. Over the course of all these years, they've built two million units of the various generations. Right. So when you think about that number, you say, wow, two million, that's quite a lot. But when you look at the years, the, the, the time span, you realize that it's not. You know, it's a, obviously this is a ultra luxury car. BMW calls it now part of their luxury class of vehicles. So the luxury class is the 7 Series, the X7 SUV, and also the upcoming Uh, XM, you know, with the yes. performance hybrid. The, the first M-badged vehicle It, yeah. that's electric. Exactly. So the um, that's quite, um, quite, quite uh, the, the statement that they're making because also you will be able to get a 7 Series either with the V8 twin turbo. Um, so it's the same uh, Uh, displacement, if you will, same configuration, you know, V8, 4.4 liters of displacement, but it's a brand new engine. It's the S68 engine. So you're either going to be able to get that in the car or you're going to get an i7. And the i7 is, of course, powered by two electric motors and is a fully electric vehicle with a 107 kilowatt our battery. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it's a big it's a big battery. It's you know, it's a large car. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking a, BMW also says it's the first electric luxury car. Now, that's a little <laughs> that's bit a cheeky, bold statement. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But, you know, first of all, they don't consider the Tesla Model S to be a luxury car, you know, because of build quality issues and things like that and yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's I, not, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. And then when you bring up the Mercedes-Benz EQS, They go like, well, it's not as roomy as our car. And they're right, because the EQS is more in terms of size and in terms of uh, interior volume. It's a little bit closer to an E-Class than an S-Class. You know, it's called an EQS because they want to you know, make you think that it's the equivalent of an, of an S-Class with, uh, with electric drive. But clearly, it, it's not in terms of, in terms of size. So... The, uh, they kind of conveniently forget about the lucid air, but, yeah, but that's, again, yeah, know, it's a fringe, fringe, of course, kind of, yeah. fringe kind of market, yeah. you know, not, not a high-volume manufacturer by any stretch. One thing I really like about it, before you go on, is yeah. the, the fact that the i7 and the 7 Series, the gas 7 Series, look really, really similar. Oh, my God. It's uh, a few details. It, it, the we're, the we're, cars look exactly the same. Yeah, whereas at Mercedes, they, yeah. they, did, they did something completely different, which is, yeah. you know, depending on how you like it or you don't. But it's very interesting. So when you look at the i7, it looks like a gasoline-powered car. You know, executive, sedan, all that. The uh, coefficient of drag is 0.24. It's good, but it's not as good as a Mercedes-Benz EQS, which yeah. is 0.20 and things like that. And when you talk to them about that, they go like, well... Ours look better. Well, <laughs> but not only that, they say, we could have had you know, a sweep, uh, swooping roof line towards the back. We could have had a boat tail, you know, back end to the car, make it slipperier. But, you know, we would have made compromises on 
uh, headroom in the, in the rear seat and in the volume of the trunk. And we didn't want to do that. Okay. This, they said, this is a true luxury car. And so you can fit your golf bags in the back. You have lots of headroom in the, in, in, in the rear seat. It's easy to get in and out of the, in the second row. So they really wanted to, to, to keep that. And to, to make it like, again, you know, a true luxury car that just happens to have electric drive. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's their that's their key thing. So the car is obviously because you know it's such a large battery, it's it's very heavy. It's two point, uh, it's two uh, two thousand six hundred eighty four kilos exactly. <gasps> yeah, so it's about three hundred pounds heavier, uh, three hundred kilos sorry heavier than the uh, seven series with the V eight twin turbo. But the weight distribution, the weight distribution of the i seven is uh, 50.8 on the rear axle, which means it's 49.2 on the front axle. It's almost perfect 50-50. Yeah. Wow. Whereas with the V8, that, you know, obviously it's skewed because mm-hmm. the big, big heavy engine is at the front of the car. So that was the key thing as far as the V8-powered car. It's, I think it's uh, 55 at the front, 45 at the back. So when you drive them, that's the one thing the i7 actually handles better even though it's heavier, and uh, because of that, because it's it's perfectly balanced, and um, what's amazing with the i7 is that when you drive it, you know you know that it's a heavy car because you've read it on paper. But when you're driving, it, you don't feel the weight. Mm-hmm. It drives like a BMW drives. You know, it drives very much, uh, very good with uh, driving dynamics. Oh, okay. They they say they wanted to make the best. Uh, uh, luxury class car to drive and to be driven in. Yeah, and it's quite, and I think they've succeeded. You know, it's it, it drives really really well. It's it's uh, in sport mode. You know, I would have liked you know a little bit more uh, steering. That's a little bit more heavy or you know, mm-hmm. you know, more feel, but that's about it. And um, it it really really handles very very well. Uh, zero to one hundred in about five seconds. You know, which so, is pretty impressive yeah. for that that size of a car. Yeah, yeah. It, again, it's a, it's a it's a large vehicle. Inside, well, inside you've got the uh, the new curved display and the iDrive Eight interface. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous inside, and they have an option <laughs> which is called the theater. Screen. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, for the rear seat. I actually used it. You know, I went I went uh, during the drive. One of my fellow journalist was driving and I went to sit in the back on the passenger side and I used the executive chair which has the, the foot rest mm-hmm. and uh, leans back and you know it's almost like being in a first class uh, seat on an airplane and when you activate the theater screen first of all it comes down from the ceiling it's 31 inches across which is the biggest yeah. you know <laughs> in the rear that we've ever <laughs> seen, ever seen. <laughs> and all the window blinds close automatically because you know you're going to watch a movie oh and um, so you can use you can you obviously download content to be displayed on the screen but you can also uh, go on Amazon Prime or on mm. Netflix and queue up whatever you whatever you'd like to see. You can watch cat videos on YouTube. Yep, <laughs> yeah. and anything like that. The sound system is Bowers and Wilkins Diamond Audio. Okay, two thousand watts, thirty five speakers. No, no compromises. <laughs> no. This is what it is, right? Yeah. With these cars, so, it's insane. And the, the 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 only problem, you know, when you activate all this, obviously, is if you're going to sit in the back and while you're being driven. 
I don't know if you're going to become woozy or, you know, nauseous because you can't really see forward anymore. But, right. You know, you can't see the road or anything. For the driver, it's also an issue because when the screen comes down, the center mirror is completely blocked. And because you've activated the executive seat, uh, the front passenger seat has moved completely forward. <laughs> and the seat back, Crushing is, the seat the back, back is almost like on the dashboard. Right. So you can't see out the passenger side oh, yeah, mirror okay. either. Okay. You know? So it, very much a visibility issue for, for the driver. Yes. And when I asked them, you know, why didn't you just use the images from the camera and display that into the uh, the the center uh, mirror, just like Cadillac does? Yeah. You know, I said, well, you know, yeah, no, no, we don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, okay. So you would have thought, you know, this would be a good thing. But anyways, so this car... Obviously, you know, I don't know if people are going to ride around the back. Also, the theater screen is available on the uh, 760 with gas-powered. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know if a lot of people are going to be riding in the back watching content while being driven. But I think it's an idea, an interesting idea if you're stopping to charge. You know, if you're stopping to charge at a fast charger and you're getting, you know, the battery booted up from, you know, 10% to 80% in about 15 minutes or whatever. Well, you can That's have, a couple of little cat videos in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can at least do stuff. Uh, and of course, this new BMW i7 is going to come to the market in Canada on November 26th at the exact same time as the uh, BMW 760 Li xDrive with the V8 twin turbo engine. Good. For my part, uh, I was also uh, in California a couple of weeks back driving a totally different vehicle, a completely uh, different vehicle. Uh, a pickup truck, uh, the uh, Ram 2500 Rebel, which in the industry, uh, it's starting to spread a lot of off-road uh, variants on trucks. We've seen, you know, the Ram 1500 Rebel, of course, uh, with, you know, body cladding, uh, protective uh, 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 components uh, on the other underbody, uh, some uh, off-road suspension, off-road goodies, and now there's a lot. Of, you know, it used to. It started with smaller uh, pickup trucks, uh, the midsize, and then the full size got in, and then now we you have two or three different levels of off-roading, and now these trucks, the, the heavy-duty trucks, which were, you know, basically haulers or on on job sites and uh, made to tow or made to go to work, now come with these trims, off-road trims, which. Basically, we can question their their uh, their um, relevance relevance <laughs> because that type of a truck in a in a trail, I got to tell you, it's it's kind of a gamble, but nonetheless impressive to drive. Yeah, I think it. You know, clearly they're sort of like keying into a demographic that really wants to you know have that that more tough, rugged kind of uh, kind of look. Right. You know, so uh, it it just goes to show you know just how much. Uh, how versatile you know pickup trucks can be because you know yeah they can be workhorses but they can also be playthings and they can also have you know all kinds of different styling and packages and whatever and you can sort of like design sort of like the the ultimate (laughs) truck for like what you're looking for exactly or the image you want to project or or what you want to compensate for in your life (laughs) we're not getting into that that. so the power the yeah i'm sorry the uh, the 2500 rebel is just under the power wagon the power wagon is the ultimate off-road 
uh, uh, big truck that's on the 2500. And this one, the Power Wagon has more off-road goodies, uh, whereas the Ram is a little bit cheaper, but doesn't have as many. We're talking about uh, a rear locker, but not a front locker, whereas the Power Wagon has a front locker. I mean, it's all stuff that when I was driving it in the trail, you, you know, put a lot of gas in it, and you'll you, you'll get up the hill. You know, yeah. it's it's not it's not a complete. So this does the Ram this Ram Rebel. It's not uh, uh, as well equipped as the Power Wagon, but for ninety nine point nine percent of the people who decide to go from the job side to the trail for, for whatever reason it's going to work. What's interesting about the, 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 the Ram uh, 2500 HG Rebel is that it's available with the Cummins 6.7 liter uh, turbo diesel engine, which the power wagon was is not. So some people who want the uh, the diesel engine option on this vehicle, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's available. Um, I found that driving, uh, obviously these, these, these trucks, the power wagon, but this one as well on the road, uh, a little bit of a choppier ride, uh, you know. Ram, we're used to some a little bit more cushy, a little bit more comfortable, especially com- when compared to other pickup trucks. The Rams are, are, are you know, offer a, a, a more comfortable ride on the road. And if you're going into the uh, the off-road trims, you're gonna you're gonna compromise a little bit of that drive. Uh, Ram proposes something to fix that: narrow uh, 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 suspension in the rear uh, for towing, but also enhances uh, uh, the road comfort. Um, so a uh, lot of uh, technologies in there, new, a new rear view mirror that you can have three different uh, um, camera angles for your load, whatever you're towing, and um, a new, a new rear view mirrors on the outside as well for RAM that are, that are more adapted for, for towing. And uh, the rest is much like everything we know about RAM, which is big, bold, lots of chrome, yeah. and, uh, and, and capable. Capable, uh, but, uh, you know, these off-road trims as well are not, you know, they, they offer, because of the, all the off-road equipment that they have on there, they offer sometimes a less uh, towing capability, so you kind of have to compromise, you know, on, on there sometimes, depending on the engine. And in the end, like you said at the beginning, I mean, this, it's a niche market, and the HD trucks, they usually end up in the hands of companies that want to kind of uh, uh, um, um, have these vehicles as work. It's like, it's like a tax deduction, right? So if you put an off-road package on it, you're kind of um, um, giving an employee, a very good employee, a, a better truck on the yeah, work side of it. Yeah, a perk, <laughs> right? So I don't want, you know, I have a lot of construction friends and if you drive a, an XLT or you drive a WT, you're at the bottom. You're you're like a, a worker and then the foreman drives a limited and then the project manager drives a, a King Ranch, you know, and it's, it's like a hierarchy <laughs> that's all tax deductible <laughs> and, you know, makes a statement because that's what we said, right? It makes some kind of a statement. So there we go. Status and Anxiety on the construction site. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Gab, it's back on the road for us in the next couple of weeks to drive and see uh, some newer vehicles. And namely, I think you are heading towards uh, Sweden to see the new uh, Volvo EX90. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Volvo is doing a huge event in uh, Stockholm. Um, to launch, uh, essentially, or to do the, the reveal, the official reveal of the uh, EX90. Now, the EX90 is a you know, large SUV, uh, all-electric drive, and it's going to come in, come in into Volvo's lineup alongside 
the uh, existing uh, XC90, XC90 uh, yeah. SUV that we already know that's been around for, for quite some time. Now, the key thing about this one, obviously, you know, when you think of Volvo, you think about safety. And um, so uh, this one is, um, they're, they're using a lot of uh, hardware in, into this EX90 to make it as, as safe as possible. Um, so as you're talking about, you know, sensors, there's about 16 ultrasonic sensors, cameras, eight, uh, five radars in, in, in the vehicle, but also a LiDAR. Yeah, so LiDAR obviously is more advanced type of, uh, of, of radar, so to speak, that can detect pedestrians up to 250 meters away. So they're trying to make this, this, uh, this vehicle as safe as possible, not only for the people that are inside, but for the people that are around, around you, you right. know, in order to be able to, that the vehicle can detect that there's a, a pedestrian. Obviously, you know, we're talking about Sweden, we're talking about Stockholm, we're talking about... Um, uh, cities where there's there's a lot of foot traffic, a lot yes. of bicycles, you know. So it's a very much of an urban environment. And Volvo has always been a, you know, very 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 strong on on safety. Uh, but again, you know, again they want to protect not only the, the people that are in the car, but they want to protect the people that are everywhere. Right. And, and if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, these these technologies, if they're developed over there where it's snowy like it is where we live, these technologies are going to keep working when there's you know you know like a, a lot of snow on the vehicle and the, the lidar technologies they yeah. keep they keep it, they the, keep the, sensing yeah. because we know some of the other technologies they yeah, just exactly. shut down when when yeah uh, you know so obviously. Uh, Ultrasonic, uh, you know, sensors and cameras can be uh, blocked by snow and ice. So that's why the, the radar comes into play and the lidar comes into play as well. So uh, that will add another uh, another layer to it. Uh, we'll find out, you know, what kind of uh, electric drive this this vehicle is going to have. Obviously, it's going to be all-wheel drive. We know that, but uh, we're going to get the information as far as the uh, the, the battery. We know it's going to be a big battery. They're going <laughs> to tell us just how much and, <laughs> you know, and how fast it charges. <laughs> exactly. So all that stuff we're going to find out. Um, in Stockholm. Good. Uh, for my part, I'm staying in Canada, but uh, flying almost as far as you are <laughs> from the East Coast to the to Victoria, uh, which is Victoria, BC. They're having a launch event for the uh, Toyota GR Corolla, which is the hot hatch uh, that is track ready. We have a colleague, Mark, who's, uh, who's driven it uh, in uh, during uh, uh, the NACTOR, I, I think, in a, co a couple of weeks back, and I've, I've, he hasn't driven it on the track, and I know Mark is a very, very good track driver, so hopefully I can compare notes with him and tell him how I felt about this vehicle. But reading what he wrote uh, on the website, you can you can also read what what, uh, what Mark wrote, and then when I come back, obviously there's going to be a test drive uh, from my point of view. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to drive this vehicle because it's it's uh, hot hatches are always uh, a pleasure, especially if they got they give us a uh, racetrack to be able to drive it on and some of Toyotas you know we, we know we have driven you know the uh, the, the Supra the uh, the GR86 that we talked about but this one is a completely different animal but still uh, very high performance and, and should be a very fun to drive uh, hot hatch so I guess we will uh, see uh, you guys in a couple of weeks and we'll get back with all our notes, reports and industry news. Thanks, Gab, again for being here and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, see you down the road. 
Thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide. Thank you.